episode of Ask Fiona. This week the question from a listener is, what does stepping outside of your comfort zone actually mean? You're going to hear a little bit of rustling of papers because I've made notes on this, so please excuse that, but I'm going to crack on with trying to answer this question for the listener. Steve Jobs was born on February 4th, 1955 in San Francisco to a Syrian father and a German-American mother. He showed an early interest in electronics. As a 12-year-old, he boldly introduced himself to Bill Hewlett, as in the founder of Hewlett-Packard, and asked him for some help building a frequency counter he was working on. One could argue that this took courage, but perhaps the curiosity we display as children enables us to do things that as adults we feel like are no longer possible. Whether we like Jobs or not, we know him as a global icon, an innovative entrepreneur who was the co-founder of Apple and who helped lead the computer and smartphone revolution around the world. But it's not his approach to achieving success and greatness that's most interesting, but his approach to failure and the opportunity for growth. By the age of 20, Jobs had started Apple in his parents' garage with his friend Steve Wozniak. Over the next 10 years, Apple grew from just the two of them into a $2 billion company with over 4,000 employees. Then, at the pinnacle of his success, with the world watching, Jobs got fired from the very company that he started. What had been the focus of his entire adult life was gone. Jobs describes feeling absolutely devastated and at a loss. He didn't really know what to do for a few months. He not only felt humiliated, but he'd let the previous generation of entrepreneurs down, describing himself as a very public failure. He even thought about running away. But later he recalls, Something slowly began to dawn on me. I still loved what I did. The turn of events at Apple had not changed that one bit. I'd been rejected, but I was still in love. And so I decided to start over. Again, something that takes courage, no different from his 12-year-old self. During the next five years, Jobs started Pixar, which went on to create the world's first computer-animated feature film, Toy Story, and is now the most successful animation studio in the world. He also started a company called Next, which in an extraordinary turn of events was bought by Apple. Jobs returned to Apple, and the technology he developed at Next was at the heart of Apple's current renaissance. Jobs later recalls, I'm pretty sure none of this would have happened if I hadn't been fired. It was an awful tasting medicine. I'm convinced that the only thing that kept me going 
was that I loved what I did. You've got to find what you love. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking. Don't settle. As with all matters of the heart, you'll know when you find it. And like any great relationship, it just gets better and better as the years roll on. So keep looking until you find it. With curiosity, courage and knowing what he loved, Jobs found opportunities for both personal and professional growth throughout his life, not just as a child. Now, I want to talk to you about what this means to you, starting with the brain. No one believed it was true. There's a long-held belief that by the time we reach adulthood, the form and function of our brain is fixed. It's hardwired, and we're pretty much stuck with what we have. But over the past couple of decades, scientists have discovered that our adult brain is far more malleable or plastic than we previously believed. The mainstream view has shifted. We now know that the brain's circuits are constantly changing in response to our interaction with the world. As we think, perceive, form memories or learn new skills, the connections between brain cells change and strengthen. Far from being hardwired, the brain has circuits that very rapidly form, unform and reform. And this matters when it comes to your own growth both personal and professional, and when it comes to stepping outside of your comfort zone. As eminent psychiatrist Norman Deutsch explains, neuroplasticity challenges a host of long-held beliefs about how much we are able to grow. For example, he explains that children who don't do so well at school are not necessarily stuck with the mental abilities they are born with. He also explains how someone can rewire their brain to overcome seemingly incurable obsessions and even traumas. And that it's possible for a person in their 80s to sharpen their memory to function as it did when they were in their 50s. The benefit of forming new brain connections through learning applies to all of us. Physical exercise produces some new cells in the memory system, but mental exercise preserves and strengthens existing connections in the brain, giving us what's known as a cognitive reserve to fend off future losses and to help us perfect skills. So you really can change the habits of a lifetime, alter your outlook, change your behaviour, even your attitudes, to an extent modify your intellectual capability because you can, with attention and mental effort, rewire your brain. But while we know this is true, it's also important to consider where the prevailing beliefs lead us. Firstly, most, if not all of us, 
we're brought up to think that aspects of who we are, like our IQ and talents, are fixed. This way of looking at the brain is what Stanford University psychologist Carol Dweck has famously termed a fixed mindset. With a fixed mindset, we approach feedback that could enable us to grow, so in Job's case, being fired from his own company, from the belief that our performance is based on capabilities that are dictated by our intelligence and talents, that they are part of who we are and unchangeable. In this mindset, we're fearful that we'll be compared to others, that we'll be rejected for not being good enough and that we're not in control. As a result, you and I have been brought up to believe that we should avoid failure, to avoid the fallout that comes with it. If we're going to do something, then we need to do it right and succeed first time. After all, if our brain can't grow and learn from failure, it's best not to experience it in the first place. As a result, we also arguably don't reach as far as we could. We don't step beyond our comfort zone. Secondly, most of us were not brought up to understand how to handle the bad feelings that come along with failure or the absolute of not succeeding. While the lucky few such as Jobs may have been born with a more optimistic outlook, a deep drive or a thick skin, most of us were not. Despite studying psychology for seven years and applying it for many, many more, I'm only just starting to learn how to experience more difficult emotions constructively. I wasn't taught how, and even if I had been, it takes practice. But it's really worth the effort, not just for the freedom it gives you, but also for the opportunity it offers to continue to learn and grow optimally well into your adult life. Thirdly, as a result of a belief in a fixed mindset and a desire to avoid negative emotions, we stay in our comfort zone. There's a model known as the learning zone model, which I find really helpful to explain this. So if you think of three circles, the comfort zone is in the middle. The stretch zone is, or the growth zone is the next circle out. And then in the outer circle is what's known as the injury zone. So when you're in your comfort zone, you don't have to take any risks. You know what to expect. You have a sense of safety and security. That feels nice. It literally feels comfortable. Have a think. Does that feel like the way you're approaching your personal and professional life at the moment? To learn and grow as a person, you have to step into your stretch zone. So the next circle out. Pursuing situations that create a degree of discomfort, which does take some courage. If we compare it to physical growth, an athlete can't improve their performance by staying in the comfort zone. They need to train hard to keep pushing themselves to their limits to enable growth and progress. They mustn't spend too long in the panic zone or the injury zone, which is the outer circle, 
because it will cause more harm than good. But neither do they want to stay in their comfort zone. Going into the stretch or growth zone is known as a borderline experience because you're at the edge of your abilities and limits. Being in this space offers challenges, but also the chance to live out your curiosity, discover opportunities and develop your capabilities. It's described as somewhere that you'll feel eustress, spelt E-U-S-T-R-E-S-S. A beneficial stress which puts you in a heightened level, heightened level of awareness and actually gives you competitive advantage. So what does this mean to you? Why should you even care about stepping outside of your comfort zone, about growing? And if you do, how should you do it? Research shows us that benefits of continuing to grow throughout life are numerous, including healthier relationships, less stress, improved health, improved productivity, greater success, improved peace of mind, higher levels of emotional resilience and sense of direction, improved self-esteem, longer life expectancy, reduced chances of suffering from dementia and the list goes on. So it's good to grow. But how should you do it? Firstly, it's helpful to consciously challenge the way you see the world. Whether you mean to or not, the chances are you see things through the lens of a fixed mindset, at least some of the time. It was, as I said, how we were all brought up. But if we proactively accept what Dweck calls a growth mindset, we can understand that our performance is based on hard work, experience and effort, rather than something that is out of our control. This allows us to be prepared to experience setbacks, but to do so in a more positive way, to take it on board and learn from it, to adapt our behaviour and be less afraid of taking risks and making mistakes. So try not to expect perfection from yourself. Failure and setbacks are inevitable in the stretch zone or the growth zone and are essential to learning. Try to focus on setbacks as part of the process. For more on this, I suggest reading Carol Dweck's book, Mindset. Getting comfortable with discomfort, but knowing your limits. It's not about not having negative emotions. It's about getting on with things in spite of them. For example, psychologist Danny Rackman studied people working in dangerous professions such as paratroopers and bomb diffusers, looking at how they approached failure. What he found was they were not fearless. They did fear failure and messing up in their professions is obviously quite detrimental but they were able to tap into reserves of courage to act in spite of their fear. As Rackman explains, fearlessness is abnormal and even dangerous because it leads to foolish risk-taking and bad leadership 
Courage, on the other hand, helps you to balance prudence and resolve, even if the only thing you're diffusing is an office conflict. To learn more about how to deal with difficult emotions, I'd recommend the work of Dr. Russ Harris. There are a couple of podcasts by him on uh, Dot to Dot. And one of his best books is The Happiness Trap. The Learning Zone Model. So putting all of this together and looking for opportunities to step beyond your comfort zone is what's key here. Sometimes we're pushed beyond our comfort zone as Jobs was when he was fired, but we can also choose to step beyond our comfort zone. Let me explain. A lot of the confidence to step beyond your comfort zone rests on your ability to deal with the unknown. You don't know whether you can achieve something you've never done before. But you have to have faith that you'll be able to, otherwise you won't even try. This feels scary since failure, whether physical or mental, hurts. Which of course is heightened by being brought up with a fixed mindset, view of the world and not being taught how to deal with difficult emotions. The problem with remaining comfortable as it is that it prevents you from growing and developing. It doesn't take advantage of the fact that your brain is plastic. In order to get better at anything, to achieve anything, you have to take a leap of faith into the unknown. Taking that first step requires courage. Courage to live with your negative emotions and to accept that you may well fail, or at least encounter setbacks along the way. Psychiatrist Neil Burton says, In the absence of confidence, courage takes over. Confidence operates in the realm of the known, courage in that of the unknown, the uncertain and the fearsome. I cannot be confident in diving from a height of 10 metres unless I once had the courage to dive from a height of 10 metres. Once you take that first step towards action, you'll create a new level of assurance of I did it once so I can do it again. But to get out of the starting blocks, you need to be prepared to stretch, which will mean some discomfort. Having courage isn't about constantly operating outside of your comfort zone, however. It's really important that you can return there after trying something new. Your comfort zone provides a safe haven, giving you a mental break and providing the essential breathing space for your brain to reflect and assimilate your learning. Nor is having courage about crossing into the panic zone. While the occasional trip into the panic zone can provide a helpful nudge, such as jumping off the 10 metre diving board for the first time or being fired from a job, it's not somewhere you should ever be for too long. That would be mentally draining and also put you into survival mode, blocking off the opportunity to learn and grow. So you need to push yourself out of your comfort zone in order to live out your purpose and feel fulfilled in the longer run. You need to be curious about the opportunities around you, then to take a deep breath and jump into things. Give new activities a go so that you can grow and develop. As Robert Kennedy said, Only those who dare to fail greatly can ever achieve greatly.
I'll close by saying this. The thing that kept Steve Jobs afloat more than anything else at the time was knowing that he loved what he did. Sometimes we need to remind ourselves of what we love. Sometimes we need to look a little harder to find it. But think about what you really love. What lights you up? And how you can grow doing that. Be curious about your emotional responses and how you could change them. And be curious about the world around you and about opportunities available to you. Finally, have some courage to step beyond your comfort zone and grow. If that requires a shift in mindset and a look at how you experience your own emotions, then perhaps consider that part of your growth too. Thanks so much for listening.